your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. You know what I keep seeing on Twitter and hearing on the radio and reading on the internet? The Pirates are off to a great start and you suck. I'm going to like the Pirates no matter what because I'm from Pittsburgh. Yay, Pittsburgh. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh too. And I say, good for you. Nobody can tell Yins what to like. But... Here's what I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to be cynical because Pirates ownership has made me cynical. I'm going to remind you that the Hillbilly Prince pocketed $35 million in profit last year. I'm going to keep track of the declining attendance, which is a harbinger of bad things to come, like trading Jayhead. I'm going to point out that winning a championship is absolutely impossible with this business model. So you can go ahead and be a loyal Pittsburgher and support the box. Meantime, I would be pragmatic and tell you how it really is. So ain't we both content? If you got a problem with any of that, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Merce Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, today's list was inspired by a tweet from Pittsburgh blogger uh, Virginia Montanez, who's very cool, very good at what she does. She tweeted, quote, We were all so busy telling each other how bad the Pirates were going to be this year that we forgot to tell the Pirates. To which I reply, yeah, okay, Virginia. And now we're all so busy pumping the Pirates' tires that we forgot the season is only two weeks old. To me, the Pirates' season is a success if they make the playoffs. That's the only way this season is a success, if the Pirates make the playoffs. 500, not good enough. Contending for the playoffs coming up short, not good enough. Anything short of making the playoffs is an artificial goal designed to validate the franchise's failure. And might I add, they just love it when you do that. You were playing to exactly what they want when you do that. It's being reported, by the way, that the Pirates Clubhouse has benefited from the absences of Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon because they were sour on losing and being lied to. First off, I can't blame them for being sour on losing and being lied to. And I think mostly the Pirate Clubhouse is benefiting from starting 11-4. and four. I think some guys on the Pirates leaked to, I think it was Parada, that Cole and McCutcheon were a major pain in the ass last year, well, wouldn't you be if you were on a team that won 98 games in 2015 and the team just got ripped apart and you're still there and the team's not very good, but it really could have been? The window should still be open. 
you know, I would ordinarily kind of come down on those guys for being a pain in the ass, but if that happened to me, I'd be a pain in the ass. If I were a good baseball player and my 98-win team got ripped apart, but I was still there in the losing aftermath, damn right, I'd be sour. They'd want me out of that clubhouse too. And I'd like to know who Parada like, hears that from, that the guys in the clubhouse were down on Kutch and Cole. And I think they're a couple of dinks, by the way. I'm not defending them in general. But, um, you know, if, if it's some guy fresh up from AAA who should just be glad to be getting a big league paycheck and only is getting one because he's on a team like the Pirates with their uh, operational uh, goals, then just shut up. You know, a lot of teams are operating like the Pirates now. Just selling guys off and operating at a, at a minimum budget. Tampa Bay's doing it now. Miami's doing it now. Quite a few teams are doing it or are headed in that direction. And I heard somebody say, well, baseball needs a salary floor. So each major league team has to pay a minimum amount of money to payroll. And I agree, that would help. But here's the thing. The teams would never agree to a salary floor unless there was a salary ceiling, unless there was a salary cap. They're not going to adopt the aspect of a cap that makes them spend more money without adopting the part of the cap where they can spend less money and still be competitive. So that that salary floor without a cap, I would think the big league owners aren't that stupid. That sounds like just a, a pipe dream to me. Let's go to uh, Randy in the car. Randy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Sorry if you already talked about this. I'm just tuning in. But I was calling about that uh, embellishment call in Hornquist on Friday's game. Right, I'm game two. If, yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm not saying that the officials caught this that game by any stretch, but I think that's a horrible call at that point in the game. And I was just wondering your thoughts. I don't like the embellishing call in general unless it's made to punish a player who faked being fouled. Like, if you call a guy for embellishing and then don't give the the guy accused of fouling the penalty, I agree with that. I don't think he should die. But that guy boarded Hornquist. So how did Hornquist embellish? And what's the difference if he did? The guy committed the penalty or didn't? The embellishment call is used by referees to even things up. And that's the only thing it's a device for. I have literally never seen an embellishing penalty called without the penalty uh, by the guy, you know, who who caused the embellishment, if you will. Like, like if if Hornquist hadn't gotten boarded and dove into the boards and they had called Hornquist but not, not the boarding penalty, that would be a first. I've never seen it. Let's go to Patrick. And, no, let's wait. Keep Patrick on hold. Let's go to Victor and Glenn Willard. Victor, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. What up? Hey, I'm also calling about the game, too. I, uh, well, I tell you what, watching that game, I, I, I was kind of wishing you was their coach for, for Philly. Because uh, for once, this is one of the rare times you were wrong about something, and I, but I wish they would have done what you said. You thought they should have pulled Elliott 
if they would have pulled him, there's no way the other guy. I'm not sure I said that. I, I said I would have taken a good look at starting Peter Morazic because of his playoff stats with Detroit. No, you were, you were interviewing, what's his name, uh, the ex-hockey player, and he even disagreed with you. Uh, Ruffer or whatever his name, something like that. Yeah, Ruffer. Mike yeah, Ruffer. He, he disagreed, too. You, you said you would pull him. And he's like, no, well, I'm glad. Know. I'm glad out there on Glen Willard, wherever the frig that is, Victor. I'm glad you keep such close track of what I say. Me and Mike Ruffer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you can admit when you're wrong. Oh, I'm not. I don't think I said that. I think you're. You, you, I got to be honest, Victor. You don't sound too bright. You probably have some memory lapses. How old are you, Victor? That old, huh? Because I'm 57. Hello, Victor. You still there? I'm 57. I'm starting to have memory lapses. And I'm not a dope like you, Mike Ruffer. Let's go to uh, Christian in the car. Christian, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the Claude Giroux hit on Latang. I thought, my opinion, it was extremely dirty. I know it was quick, and I, you know. Yeah, I it was extremely why. dirty, and it should go to the Department of Player Safety, but it didn't, and I never thought it would. I thought it should. I just never thought it would. Yeah, it just, when you slowed it down and they had it on that uh, slow-mo cam um, during the broadcast, his eyes are looking right at Latang. He I feel it felt like he jumped up in the air and put his elbow right into him, and I'm just shocked that, you know, I don't think it was as If you're shocked, you haven't been paying Padres. attention to... Uh, the way the NHL is run. But, yeah, I thought it was real bad. I thought it was a deliberate attempt to injure. And like I keep saying, Drew's a good player. 102 points this year doesn't lie. I think he betrays his talent by being as dirty as he is. Same with Brad Marchand. Guys like that really disappoint me. When they do crap like that, they just don't need to. Let's go real quick to Chris in the truck. Chris, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good. Uh, I'm curious, you know, all these uh, Penguins, the guys that used to play when Mario was playing, a lot of them come back to the city. They, you know, they work with the Penguins, or some of them even come back to live here. Is that just like a Penguin thing because of Mario, or does that happen around the lake? It's not because of Mario. They can't afford to live in his neighborhood, for one thing. You know, uh, I'm just, it just seems like Trotz, I don't know if he's living in Pittsburgh, but... He is living know, in Rob, Pittsburgh. It's a great place to live. It kept you here, right, Chris? I'm sure you had a lot of options. Well, I live up around Indiana, PA, out in the boonies. But um, it just—I I guess I'm amazed that these guys keep coming. You know, former players come. Sometimes out people run. really like uh, a city, and they just come back or stay or whatever the circumstances are. Sometimes they just keep the last house they bought when they retired as a player. I, I don't think it's something I care to overly examine. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Have we located Phil Borknet? No, Phil Bork. Phil Bork, if you're out there, please phone home. We'll talk more hockey in a minute. One zero five nine. Double M on the X. Still in fine, Phil Bork. Hope Borky's okay. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. In the meantime, it's time to talk hockey with you. We've been over a lot of stuff today. A big win yesterday for Pittsburgh. I like Crosby and Hornquist playing together. I like Malkin and Kessel playing together. I like how Murray held the Penguins in the game those first 10 minutes when they were under siege, really the whole first period. 
The Penguins were outplayed. The Flyers outshot them 11-4. But then Sid got that great goal to make it one zip. Took the game over even more so after that. And now the Penguins lead the series two games to one. Headed into game four Wednesday at Philadelphia. Penguins came home after last night's game. They didn't stay uh, in Philadelphia. And you know what? I get it. That's a short flight. They fly in luxury. It's not that hard. That way they got a day off at home today. Practice tomorrow, fly back to Philadelphia. Uh, Definitely good planning and and something much appreciated by the Penguins players, I'm sure. Be great to win at Philadelphia Wednesday, and really, uh, I'm not saying that would close it out, period, but boy, right now it's tough to imagine the Flyers winning three out of four. Imagine them having to win four straight uh, just to survive. The pressure would really be on, and... uh, I don't think they're good enough or battle test enough to handle it. But put it this way, if the Penguins were down three games to one, which can't happen now, but let's say they drop both games in Philadelphia, I would still bet on the Penguins to win the series by winning three straight games uh, to finish the series because the Penguins are a better team than Philadelphia and they're battle tested. Like Brian Trottier said earlier in the show, you cannot discount the experience gained. In fact, you cannot overestimate how much good it does. We're also talking about James Harrison. He retired today. It's not the big deal I thought it would be, at least not on this show. Uh, I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer, but won't make it. I think he's a borderline top 10 stealer, but shouldn't be included uh, on that list. And I've said repeatedly, I think there's six stealers on defense who are clearly better than him. Them being Mean Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Mel Blunt, Troy Pulamalu, and Rod Woodson. Clearly better than James Harrison. Clearly more impact than James Harrison. So there's how many great offensive stealers. You know, Bradshaw, Roethlisberger, Franco, Mike Webster, just off the top of my head. So I don't think Harrison is anywhere near the top 10 all-time stealers. And probably not anywhere near the top 15 all-time stealers. Top 20? Maybe. I think you can go there. I also think you could make a solid argument that say, okay, Troy Pulamalu was way better than Harrison. No doubt about that. Harrison was never even the best defensive player on his own team, ever. But I think you can make the argument James Farrier was a bigger impact player than James Harrison. More cerebral, more of a leader. He called the defenses. He was also a Pro Bowl player. I don't think Jim Farrier ever made All-Pro first team, which Harrison did do twice. There's no taking away that, but but like I've been saying, Harrison uh, didn't start making impact in the league until he was 29. He had a good prime, but a short prime, and that's why I just don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. Okay, here's Farrier, by the way. First team All-Pro once, second team All-Pro once as well. Harrison was two and two. Let's go to Matt in Bridgeville. Matt, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mark. I, I got a comment about the officiating in a positive way for the Penguins. Don't you find it fascinating that they actually got a little bit tighter in the playoffs versus in the past in the playoffs where they get a little bit lighter? And it seems like they're calling a lot more 
of that flashing call that you see all the time in the playoffs from a third. Well, I know player. they were specifically instructed to call that slash more that they did let go in the past. But where I think the officiating was instructed by the league to get tighter, and I think we saw evidence of that yesterday. The Penguins with seven power plays in a game. Who would have thought? Uh, but I think the proliferation of of heinous acts by like you know Cadre and Dowdy which were disciplined, a Tom Wilson's hit on Wenberg, which wasn't, uh, the Giroux hit on Latang, which wasn't. I think the league said enough of this, call everything. I mean, don't you think it's fascinating though, that, they're, that the league is finally getting smarter to actually let the stars be stars versus them being dragged yeah, who, out? Who said it had anything to do with the stars? I just well, don't think, the, I don't think like the league the I don't think the league enjoys being looked at as being idiots when they when they tolerate and, and create an environment where stuff like the cadre hit and the dotty hit and all the head hunting can happen. This isn't about protecting the stars. It's about the league protecting its own reputation. Now, it, it makes me know, never mind, if the end result is the Penguins get seven power plays every game. That would be really useful moving forward, Matt. I'm sure you'd agree. Absolutely. I mean, I just find it very positive for the Penguins moving forward since they have a lot more skill than a lot of these other teams, especially against the Flyers, that they're going to be calling all these penalties versus, like you just mentioned. Well, don't, don't get carried yesterday. away. Don't get carried away, Matt. They called them yesterday. Who knows what Wednesday will hold? Fair enough. You know, once once the league gets a little clearer of the Cadre and Dottie situations, they may dial back on calling the games so tight. Yeah, seven power plays yesterday at Philadelphia. And one thing, I, I don't want to go to any conspiracy theory arguments, but you think the league really wants the Penguins to win? Because I don't. I think they'd like to see a different team win. I think they'd like to see a big market team win, although New York doesn't have a team. Well, technically New Jersey is, but they're not long for these playoffs. Chicago didn't make it. LA's going to be out. Anaheim's going to be out. They'd probably like Boston to win it. Boston, big market, traditional hockey market, original six. I bet who that I bet that's who they would like to see win. Or Vegas. Just because Vegas is such an unbelievable story. And people would talk about the expansion team that won the Stanley Cup forever. 412-333-9939. We've got Harry on hold. Harry, please be patient. We're still efforting to get hold of Phil Bork, but he's nowhere to be found. 1059 X. This is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9, the X. Double M on the X. Thanks, Bobby Orr, for bringing us back to the show. Brian Dumoulin with five points in three games. Quite an offensive start for a guy who's also playing uh, pretty good defensive hockey and has done all year long. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Got a couple tweets asking, do I think the Flyers could get back in the series? What do you mean by get back in the series? Do I think they can win game four? Of course, I think they could. It's at Philadelphia. They rebounded real well from game one and played a tremendous game two to win at Pittsburgh. But uh, I just feel like the Penguins are probably going to win the next two games. I think Crosby really put the Flyers on notice, put that building, put those fans on notice. I just think that he is their bogey player, that they can't handle him, and as a result, can't handle the Penguins. 
I expect another win at Philadelphia Wednesday. I expect another big game from Sid at Philadelphia on Wednesday. By the way, some big news this Wednesday. I'll be hosting a viewing party at Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. I'll be having me one of those super genius burgers. That is a ritzy place. I'm surprised they're having the likes of me there to watch the Penguin game with some of you imbeciles. But please do join me at Chapino in the Strip on Wednesday to watch the Penguin game. Should be a lot of fun. Had a great time yesterday at uh, the Broad Street Bistro in North for Sales, and we'll be at Chapino in the Strip on Wednesday. And if that's not lore enough, we'll be giving away tickets to Game 5. So be at Chapino's Wednesday to watch the Penguin game with me, the super genius. Let's talk to Harry in Westview. Harry, you're on with Double M. No, I wouldn't like to make a call, and I will not hang up and dial again. Let's go to Brian in North Hills. Brian, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mr. Madden. Uh, first off, I'm really happy for Mark Andre in the Golden Knights. I was wondering if you knew his save percentage. And also, if I read this right... His uh, save percentage is 97. Oh, wow. That's uh, pretty good. It is, yeah. Good for him. And uh, the players out there, if I read this right, each one, there's only one goal by uh, each player. Like, no, no player has scored more than one goal. Well, yeah, but that you often see that happen early in a playoff series. Yeah. What's unusual about the Knights and Kings series, if memory serves, the, the score of the first game was one nothing, The score of the second game was 2-1 in overtime. The score of the third game was 3-2. Three, three, yeah. So I would guess that the score of the next game will be 4-3, and after that, 5-4. Did you happen to go to the arena when you were out there? Those I've been games. to five Golden Knights games and uh, two concerts at T-Mobile Arena, so I'm a... Uh, I'm an old hand at going to T-Mobile. Why? <laughs> I was just curious how nice it is because Vegas, you know what I mean, they they put on a show as it is. Everything's so nice out there. I was wondering if the arena matched the city. Except for all the hookers on the sidewalk outside. It was uh, very nice. Actually, that was pretty nice, too. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Eric and Beaver. Eric, you're on with Double M. Mark, I'm hoping your super genius can answer my question. Uh, yesterday's two goals in five seconds sparked my curiosity. What is the record for two goals scored in that fashion? Uh, the Islanders in against the Penguins in 2016 scored two goals in three seconds. Let me look this up real quick. Uh, okay, no, it was that's... it was late in the game. They're playing at Brooklyn. Okay, gotcha. And it's 3-3. Anders Lee scores to make it 4-3, you know, late in the game. The Penguins pull the goalie, and uh, the Islanders win the draw and put it right in the net. Two goals in three seconds. Now, that tied an NHL record, but uh, I'm not sure when or by who. Gotcha. I know how to be close. Oh, maybe it's a playoff. Right? It's happened twice before. It happened in 1935. I doubt that anybody knows exactly how that happened. And it happened in 2004. The Minnesota Wild scored scored two goals in three seconds. But uh, I'm watching the tape now, and it's taking longer to, to play through than I had hoped it would. Okay, there's one goal going to the net. It's against Chicago. Now this is taking way too long. There's 15 seconds left. I'm assuming they pull the goalie. 
Maybe they don't. Maybe this replay is going to last. Anyway, two goals in three seconds. Who cares how it happened? Let's go to Harry in Westview. I thought Harry in Westview just called. Harry, didn't you just call and hang up? What's your problem? He did it again. What a jerk. Okay, it did happen exactly the same way in 2004. Goal to break the tie, empty net goal three seconds later. By the way, the two goals in five seconds uh, by Malkin and Dumoulin sets a new franchise record. And it ties the NHL playoff records for fastest two goals in the game by one team and fastest two goals in the game by both teams. And I'm guessing that two goals in five seconds is the fastest two goals in a game ever when neither one was an empty net goal. I'm not sure how you could score two goals in quicker than five seconds if the second goal was on a goalie, unless you won the draw backwards and just, you know, slammed a long shot past a a goalie who wasn't paying attention. 412-333-9939. Okay, Phil Bork is okay. Well, if you're okay, then why didn't you come on the show? He'll join us tomorrow at 5.30, live from Philadelphia. Oh, you know what's great about the, the games in Philadelphia? Mike Lang made the trip. He did game three on the radio, hasn't made many of the away games. And that's not because Mike's feeling bad. I mean, Mike's fine as far as I know. He's missed a couple games, you know, due to a pedestrian malaise. But but he's done pretty much his whole commitment, which is all the home games and an away game here or there. And it was good to, you know, hear his voice. I was uh, driving somewhere between the second and third. And, uh, excuse me, I was driving home after the third because I was at the Broad Street Bistro and I heard Mikey wrapping things up and it was good to, to, to hear him doing away game and uh, he's the voice of hockey. He's my favorite play-by-play guy ever. It is always an absolute pleasure to hear him on the radio. So we'll catch up with the old 2-9 or tomorrow. You know what wouldn't shock me for the game on Wednesday? Wouldn't shock me if because Sid ripped the game apart Yesterday, if Gino had a real big game on Wednesday, or if Phil had a big game with Gino aiding and abetting, neither of those would surprise me even a little bit. I just think Gino has played great so far in the playoffs, scored a big goal yesterday on that cannon, absolute cannon, the four on three power play. And I expect him to keep that up as the series moves forward. I remind again and again the one thing that the Penguins have that no other team has is the one-two punch of Sid and Gino. And by the way, for some of y'all who were bitching about Broussard, Broussard's playing pretty good. Scored a big goal yesterday. That was a good trade. Let's go to Tom and Mars. Tom, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Um, just, just curious. Um, I've noticed a lot um, in recent history to where whenever the opposing team uh, shoots um, around the boards, Matt Murray will just stay in his net and just let the. That's just not uh, true. I I believe no, that's I just mean, not true. Okay, occasionally uh, the other team will shoot the puck so hard that Murray will stay in the net because he couldn't get there in time, or if it's high up the boards, he might accidentally put it in front of the net. But if the if they dump the puck in around the boards, Matt Murray plays it 
95 out of 100 times. I, I, I challenge that, and I challenge Okay, you you're totally wrong, and I watched the games, and I would notice that if it didn't happen, and it would be a major flaw in his goaltending if he let that happen. But you just but want... I, you, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're an idiot. You're wrong. If you were here, I'd slap you because you're wrong, and you won't admit you're wrong, and you're mm-hmm. acting like you watch the games closer than I do. Goodbye forever. Right. Murray just cavalierly lets the puck drift around the boards every time, and nobody's noticed that up until now but you. Sweet sassy molassy. That's why this job makes me insane sometimes. And that was a guy, you know what, I wish I would have let him stay on because that's a guy who wanted to bitch about how Matt Murray was playing even after he played a great game yesterday because we love Mark andre so much. I love him too. I know him, which you don't. Matt Murray's the man. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. Here's an email from Cletus who says, James Harrison committed an act of domestic abuse, admitted his guilt, and by all accounts has been a model citizen since. Is he doomed forever for one mistake? Uh, No, not at all. You know, I know he's not doomed for one mistake. He kept playing football. He kept making millions. His family's still together. Some respect him in the community. But when I say he's a domestic abuser, he is a domestic abuser. You know, apologizing doesn't change that. Not having done it since then doesn't change that. It's now time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Ask Mark anything. That number again, 412-333-WXDX. You. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan. Mark, good afternoon. Yeah, I want to talk to Mark Madden. What do you want? What do you want? Damn it! DX at 105.9. It's time now to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out Chapino in the Strip. And check out Chapino Wednesday night when I'll be there to watch game four of the series between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Please do join me at Chapino on Wednesday. Debating where to go eat tonight. I'd like to get Big Shot Bob's wings. I need to start having them drop them off at my office at the end of shows because I don't drive past any Big Shot Bob's. There's 11 now. I don't drive past any of them. There's 11, and they're just, they're all the same. And I mean that in the best way possible because you want to know what you're getting when you go there, and they're all great. They're just not one between here and my house. They should put one on uh, on uh, where I live. I almost said where I live. I'm not going to say where I live, but right in my neighborhood. There's nothing else there. Well, there's a enough about where I live. Let's go to Shafe in the car. Shafe, ask Mark anything. Hey, super genius. Uh, just wondering if you've caught the uh, new Paterno movie on HBO, and if you haven't, you intend on watching it? I have watched it. I I thought it was okay. I thought Pacino was very good. I thought the rest of the cast was kind of low budget. I thought the uh, actors who played the Paterno sons made them seem almost cartoonish. Then again, maybe that was accurate. Maybe that was the intent. Uh, I thought the Pacino played Paterno as a guy who was overwhelmed by coaching a major college football program, let alone overwhelmed by the Sandusky situation, 
at 84 years old. And I've often made the argument that if Joe Paterno had retired at a reasonable age and been away from Penn State football when that scandal broke, he would have been affected by it, but not as affected by it, and it would have been handled better because Penn State football might not have been the first priority. Then again, who am I kidding? It's always been the first priority there, and that goes even more now that Joe's not there because they still feel like they did nothing wrong, like Joe did nothing wrong. They haven't changed a bit up in Creepy Valley. Let's go to Ryan and Cranberry. Ryan, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I was just wondering, if you could pick one food that wouldn't have a negative impact on your health, what would it be? Just one? Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, if you could pick, like, one one thing. In other words, something I could eat all the time that wouldn't affect me negatively, I wouldn't gain weight, nothing bad. Correct, yes. It wouldn't be healthy, but it wouldn't have a negative impact on your life. So you're asking me what I would eat the most of if, if it had no impact? Uh, yeah. Ice cream. Good choice. Ice cream, because I... I could eat ice cream three times a day, every day, milkshakes, all that stuff. I love ice cream. No all question. Right, like, ice cream is one of the few foods I just don't get tired of. You know, everything else, like, don't you get tired of even stuff you love? But not ice cream. Let's go to uh, Mike in Irwin. Mike, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mike. Hey, question is, what do you think the Facebook comments are of, of the Washington Capitol fans right now? I haven't seen them. Why would I want to see those? They're probably hilarious. What do they What do they say? Have you seen them? No, but I know. No, goodbye. Why are you asking me then, idiot? Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939. What, th- here's what that guy said. Hey, have you seen this? I didn't see this. What do you think it's like? Which I'm sure you didn't see either. Compelling radio. Thank you for making it happen. Let's go to Lou and Cranberry. Lou, ask Mark anything. Lou, are you there? Yeah. What do you want, Lou? What do you think about the uh, the Capitals uh, down down two? You think they still got a chance to come back, or no? We looking at uh, Columbus. The Capitals have no chance. Their chances were slim and none. I think Slim just Slim just coughed up a goal in overtime. No, I don't think they can bounce back. I think they showed up this year waiting to lose. I think the way they lost the series last year after coming back against the Penguins from three games to one down to get game seven at home and they lost 2 nothing. I think that group of players is scarred. I think they're scared to play in the playoffs. I literally think they're scared to play in the playoffs. Let's go to Drew in the car. Drew, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. If you were to pick between the Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy to win. Oh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy's much better. It enables me to test my mind. If I played on Jeopardy, too, I would kick ass. You should. Nah. That's a lot of trouble to get on those shows. I think, remember that movie, White Man Can't Jump? I think Rosie Perez had to, didn't she have to bang that security? Or wait. Oh, no, Woody Harrelson had to make the, well, I can't make a hook shot from over half court. Let's go to uh, Matt in Irwin. Matt, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Uh, I wanted to know uh, what your favorite ice cream is. Oreo cookies and cream. Oh, that's a good one. That's Have my favorite. Uh, the Isley's 
Uh, White House Cherry is right there, too. Those are my two favorites. For sure are my two favorites. Uh, but when I say Oreo cookies and cream, like the Penguins have an ice cream bar, which, by the way, is by far the biggest acquisition Jim Rutherford has made for GM. <laughs> and, uh, like, they have vanilla ice cream, but they have toppings, and they have crushed Oreo cookies. So it's not cookies and cream in terms of the, the, the Oreos are in the ice cream, but by the time I'm done, they are, because I stir it up a little bit. Let's go to uh, Bob and Weirton. Bob, ask Mark anything. What's up, Mark? What up? Hey, I was just wanted to know if you ever considered doing a podcast. About what? Just uh, just you talking. A lot of people would enjoy listening to you talk. You're pretty smart. You know, guy. I do that for three hours every day. Yeah, but you get a lot of uh, commercial breaks. It, it messes up with the flow of everything. I think a podcast. I would be, I would be, I would be more than happy to do a podcast. Like I've talked about doing a wrestling podcast. I'd be glad to do a podcast if someone would pay me an overwhelming amount of money. Well, I think with your character and your, your your personality, you can get a lot of advertisers. Okay, no, I don't do that. I want someone to come up and hand me like a big wad of bills and say, here, talk. No trouble beyond that interests me even a little bit. Liverpool won again over the weekend. In fact, let's see, three goals Saturday for Liverpool, then the first four for Pittsburgh, seven unanswered. Good stuff. Good talk. See you out there. 105.90X.